The Fairy Frog A Swazi Tale From Fairy Tales from South Africa By E. J. Boerhill and J. B. Drake This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Fairy Frog A Swazi Tale Tombiende was the most beautiful girl in her father's kingdom. She had milk-white teeth and sparkling eyes. Her figure was perfect and very gracefully turned, and no one could lead the dance half so well as she. Besides, you could not help noticing her the moment she appeared, for she was taller than all her sisters and carried her head like a true princess her parents looked on her daily with joy and pride they called her tombi ende the tall maiden and expected she would one day be a mighty queen but no one has an altogether happy lot and though tombi ende was tall and beautiful and had the gayest and most wonderful handkerchiefs with which to deck herself and more beads and bracelets than any other girl in the countryside, this only gave her the more trouble. For none of her sisters were as pretty as she, or as much admired, and as time went on, they grew more and more jealous. At last, they decided that Tombe Ende must die, or no one would ever notice them at all. So they made a plan to kill their sister, as if by accident. One day they all came to her and said, Let us go and get red ochre out of the great pit. There is none left in the kraal at all. So every maiden shouldered her pick, and they walked together singing and laughing for many miles. At last they reached a great red pit many feet deep surrounded by tall grass on every side. There they stopped. Each girl leapt down in turn, dug out a lump of the precious red earth, and then jumped up again. They all stood round the pit waiting for one another. But directly Tombe Ende jumped down, every one of those wicked girls seized her pick and threw earth upon her as fast as she could, till poor Tombi Ende was buried alive. Then they ran away, leaving her for dead, for the red earth is very heavy. But Tombi Ende was not dead. The people who passed heard screams coming from the pit, and sometimes a voice calling, I am Tombi Ende, I am not dead, I am like one of yourselves. Two men turned out of the path and looked down into the great hole, but all they could see was the red earth glistening in the sun, so they turned away and walked on. The wicked sisters, meanwhile, went back to their father's kraal and told all whom they met, Tombe Ende is dead. She fell down in the red ochre pit and was smothered. But when the king came to question them, they grew confused and could not tell their tale. So he chopped off their heads there and then, with a great battle-axe, and gave their bodies to the vultures. And that would have been the end of them, 
had not a dear good old fairy come along who knew that tombe ende was not dead and was sorry to see her sisters so severely punished she went to the bodies and sprinkled them with medicine from her magic calabash the sisters sat up at once alive and well rubbing their eyes take the girls away and keep them out of the king's sight till tombe ende returns said the fairy and everyone was only too glad to obey her tombe ende lay in the red ochre pit for many hours and thought no one would ever rescue her but at evening she heard a great croaking above her looking up she saw an enormous frog blinking his little eyes at the edge of the pit beautiful princess said he what are you doing here alas said tombeende my sisters are jealous of me and hate me and they have left me here and thrown earth upon me so that i cannot get out i will help you said the frog he jumped into the pit opened his big mouth and swallowed the princess entirely then he jumped up again and landed safely on the path above the princess still inside him forthwith the frog set out on his travels he hopped all night carefully avoiding any kraals by the way for a frog brings bad luck and is not welcome in human dwellings whenever he passed a bird he sang do not swallow me i carry the princess tombeende and no creature touched him the next morning they narrowly escaped a great danger for they met a horrible ogress she had heard that tombeende was still alive and defenceless and had already been to the red ochre pit and found it empty now she was searching for her everywhere in savage haste but luckily she paid no attention to a big frog and went her way without heeding its appearance at midday the frog stopped opened his mouth and let the princess walk out then he said wait here and rest by and by we will go on again he also provided food he merely croaked and delicious porridge appeared in a little brown pot all ready for the princess to eat tombe ende ate and then slept under the bushes for she was very tired towards evening the frog swallowed her again and they set forth once more on their journey they had decided not to go back to her father's kraal for fear of her jealous sisters but journeyed towards the home of her grandmother where she was sure of every welcome they travelled for days resting in the heat but never stopping all night long and one morning they arrived at the grandmother's kraal the frog went up to the door of the chief hut and sang loudly i am carrying tombeende the beautiful princess whom they killed in the red pit the old grandmother came out saying who is this speaking who knows what has become of my darling tombeende i know all about her said the frog bring clean mats spread them before me and you will see all the women brought fine new mats and put them before the frog 
When all was ready, the frog just said, Ooh, ooh, oh. And in a moment, Tombe Ender herself was before them, as tall and beautiful as ever. Great was the joy of all, and no one could hear her tale often enough or her praises of the wonderful frog. What can we do for you as a reward for your kindness? said the grandmother to the frog. Is there nothing we can give you? I only ask you to kill two oxen and two bulls, said the frog, and let us have a feast. So a great feast was held, and the frog sat by the princess's side and had great honour. Next morning he had disappeared, and though the princess searched for him all round the kraal, he could nowhere be found. The grandmother knew that Tombe Ende was now in no danger at home, so she sent a message to her father to tell him of his daughter's safety. The king was much delighted, and at once dispatched Tombe Ende's brother to fetch her home. He rested a few days at the kraal, for the journey was long, and then they both set out on their return. Now the rains had been short that year, and many streams were dry. The sun was very hot, and after hours of walking, the princess and her brother were very thirsty. Nowhere could they find the accustomed springs, for the ground was harder than brick dried in an oven, and the watercourses were dry. They went on and on till they were fainting with the heat. Suddenly they met a stranger, an immensely big man, who stood right across the path. Except for his size, he was like other men, and they did not at first distrust him. "'What do you want?' said he in a deep bass voice, which rumbled like thunder. "'We are looking for water,' said the prince. "'All the springs are dried up, and we are yet many days from home.' "'If I give you water,' said the giant, "'what will you give me in return?' Ask for anything in my father's kingdom, said the prince. Give me this beautiful princess, said the giant with a wicked smile. If not, you will die of thirst. All the springs are dry within three days' journey. The brother and sister were in dismay. But although the prince hated the idea of giving his sister to a stranger, they were both so helpless that he could only consent. The giant chuckled and led the way to a great fig tree by the side of the dry watercourse. He struck his stick upon the ground, and out of the very roots of the tree sprang a fountain clear as the moon and cool as the depths of the forest. They all drank eagerly and long, and it was only after some minutes that the princess lifted her head and looked towards the giant. She shrieked long and loud, for the giant had turned into a most terrible Izuma, monstrous and misshapen, covered with red hair and glaring at her with his little wild eyes. His long tail lay behind him on the grass, and his white pointed teeth showed between his thick lips. The prince looked up at once, and he also saw in what great peril his sister lay. The ogre was terribly strong and no fighting could save them. 
He simply glared at them, his eyes full of evil pleasure. Suddenly, the princess heard a well-known croak, and right out of the water sprang a great frog. There is my preserver, said Tom Beende. Help us, frog. No one is so clever and wise as you. The frog advanced right in front of the ogre, who looked at him with disdain. He just opened his mouth and said, Boo, oh, boo, oh. In one minute he had swallowed the ogre right up, tail and all, and then he disappeared into the fountain. There he stayed till the ogre was drowned. When he came out again, the water had dried up, and the ogre lay buried among the roots of the great fig tree. Ah, frog, how can I thank you enough, said the princess. This time you must not disappear. You must come home with us. In three days they reached her father's kraal. The king's guard stood in order to greet them, gloriously arrayed in otter skins with shields and assegais. Her father stood at their head and hailed them both with joy. But what, said her father, is that horrible frog at your side? I must have the wretch killed. Do not kill him, father, said Tombeende. He saved my life twice. And at those very words, the frog suddenly grew into a handsome man, taller than Tombeende herself. He was in full warlike array, with shield and assegai, and a great plume of white ostrich feathers on his head. Anyone could see at once that he was a prince. All greeted him with loud shouts. Only Tombe Ende was not so very much surprised. I am no frog, said the prince. My father is a great chief. The ogre from whom I rescued the princess overcame me by witchcraft in former days. But now that I have won the love of a maiden, I am once more free. Give me the hand of your daughter in marriage, and one hundred cattle shall be yours. A few days later, Tombe Ende married the fairy frog, and all will acknowledge that it was a reward he well deserved. As for the wicked sisters, the king forgave them in his great joy and Tombe Ende forgot all her troubles in a new home. End of The Fairy Frog, A Swazi Tale by E. J. Boerhill and J. B. Drake